Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to r slash Entitled Parents, where this Karen and her demon demand to know every little single detail about this poor man's skin condition. Calling it a deformity and insisting that he cover it up, this man is left with no choice but to fabricate an entirely new story, as graphic as possible, to make these guys leave him alone. I made up a bloody and gory story to get an entitled mother and her child to leave me alone about my skin condition. Backstory. For the last few years, I, a 29 year old man, have been developing vitiligo all over my body, which has become very noticeable on my hands. For those that don't know, vitiligo is a skin condition in which white blood cells attack the melanin, the pigment in your skin, causing the loss of skin color. I have naturally tanned skin that has resulted in white patches to form all over my hands that are very noticeable. My family, mostly my brother and dad, have mocked me for this skin condition on multiple occasions. As a result, I've become self-conscious of my white spots and I've started to wear tattoo concealer to cover them up. The other day, I was heading out to work and forgot to put on the concealer. One of the places that I go to is my local coffee shop before heading into work. As I was in line, a kid, probably around nine or 10, came up to me and proceeded to say, ooh, what is wrong with your hands? Now, I ignored them at first because I found it rude. While they were a child, I was always raised from a young age by my mum to never stare, point, or criticize people's conditions, especially since we never know how they may have gotten them. After ignoring them, they then asked me again, what is wrong with my hands? I relented and told them that I was uncomfortable talking about it and to please not ask me again, and I proceeded to turn back around. Now, I know that I could have used this as an education moment, but I don't feel it's my responsibility to educate others on how to be decent human beings or about my skin condition. The kid did not like my response, and it was at this point the child's mother got involved. Dear reader, let me tell you what. I've always thought that these stories of entitled parents and rude people were exaggerated and that no one could be this oblivious. But after this interaction, my opinion of these stories has changed. She got my attention with that dreaded excuse me phrase and I knew I was in for a ride. The interaction went as follows. My child asked you what was wrong with your hands. The least you could do is tell them what happened. Mom, I'm not comfortable talking about it. I do not need to tell your child anything. Well, why not? If you don't want people to ask about your deformity, then you should wear a glove. Now, I'll ask again. What is wrong with your hand? Guys, it was at this point that I saw red. However, keeping my emotions in check, I calmly said, I was in a terrible accident in which my hand was mangled. It was mangled so badly that I almost lost my hand altogether. Each white spot that you can see is a scar from where bone, blood, muscle, tendons, etc., were on the outside of my hand. I lost lots of blood and almost died from the accident. I was lucky enough that my hand was saved, but it left me with these scars. Now, while this was all obviously fabricated on the spots, I felt that being as graphic as I could would maybe teach her and her spawn a lesson in leaving people alone, especially after they already told you that they did not feel comfortable talking about it in the first place. 
She honestly clutched her imaginary pearls as I was accounting the story. And by the time I was done, she was white in the face. She then grabbed her child and left the line quickly. Yeah, perfect story. Loved every second of it. And you're right. You have no obligation to educate this child. Look, normally you would say the right thing to do or the nice thing to do in that situation is say, don't worry. And then tell them what's going on and explain what vitiligo is. But this child is so impolite that they don't deserve that. I'm sorry, you're right. Oh, and also your dad and brother who have made jokes about your skin condition in the past, they should be ashamed. That is disgraceful from your own family. Entitled mum thinks I owe her 10,000 pounds of compensation because her son grew up to be a thug just like I said he would. Apologies, but this one's long, as there are some context to get out of the way. Do not apologize. I love a long entitled parent story. Years ago, my cousin, Lucy, and I had a strange relationship because she let her son, Damien, do anything he wanted, never punished him, and brushed away anything he ever did as boys will be boys or he's just a kid. It came to a breaking point between us when Lucy and Damien were visiting years ago. Damien was 12 at the time and my daughter Maggie was nine. Maggie was sitting happily playing her Xbox in her bedroom upstairs. While Lucy and I were talking, Damien got bored and wandered off. A few minutes later, and I hear screaming and crying. I rush up to Maggie's room to find her on the floor, blood all over her face, while Damien is just casually playing the Xbox. It turns out he came up and demanded a turn on the Xbox. Maggie said, sure, just let me finish the level. So he snatched the controller from her hand and smashed her around the face with it, then shoved her out of the way. I rushed her to the hospital. Luckily, it looked worse than it was, and there was no lasting damage. And I live in the UK, so no medical bills. But I was furious. I told Lucy what Damien did, and she shrugged and said, you know how boys are with their video games. She should have just let him play. I told her in no uncertain terms that she and her son were not allowed anywhere near me or my family again. We got into a huge fight over this, where she of course tried to absolve her little angel of anything. So I lost it and told her if she didn't discipline him and teach him boundaries, she would end up raising a monster who would grow up to be a thug or worse, which infuriated her. This caused a fallout with the family for years largely because Lucy lied and told everyone her son and Maggie had just been play fighting and that's how she got hurt. It was just an accident and I was overreacting. After a few years, everyone forgot. I still forbade Lucy or her hellspawn from coming anywhere near me. Several other family members did the same. I can't imagine why. Fast forward to a little before the pandemic. Damien was 19. Just like I predicted, he soon learned that thanks to his mother, he was bulletproof as she would never believe he did anything wrong. So his behavior got worse and worse to the point that he was kicked out of every school in the area and had to go to special school. I got a call from Frank, Lucy's brother, telling me Lucy had been rushed to hospital, that he knows we don't talk, but Lucy was seriously hurt and he wanted to let me know. Despite our history, I went to visit her, accompanied by Frank and his wife. Before this, we'd been really close and I was upset to hear she was hurt. When I got there, I was shocked by what I saw. She was really banged up, her face swollen, bruises all up her arms. It turned out Damien had done this. She was really struggling for money and he refused to get a job. So she finally tried to lay down the law and tell him to get a job or she was throwing him out. And then he attacked her, almost dislocating her jaw it was horrific. Now, we had a history, but at this point, none of that mattered. I was worried and sad for her. I immediately asked her if she needed help with anything. She seemed surprised, but we ended up all having a really heartwarming chat with her saying how much it meant to her that I came to see her. I thought maybe we were turning a corner and could repair our relationship. We'd been really close as kids. 
Oh, how wrong I was. A few weeks later, I started getting blasted on social media and getting nasty messages and texts telling me what an awful person I was and how could I do what I did to Lucy. I was confused. I hadn't done anything. I called Frank. He had no idea either, but said he'd look into it. It turns out that Lucia told everyone I'd come to the hospital and mocked her, gloating, I told you so, while she bawled her eyes out. I confronted Lucia about it, asking her how she could lie like that. She hit back that this was all my fault and it's what I deserved. If I knew this was going to happen, why didn't I do more to help her? She then demanded I pay at least 10,000 pounds for damages I caused. Like, what? She lied to everyone because she couldn't stand that I'd been right and decided to punish me for it. For months, I endured hateful messages from family members who believed her lies. Not all my family believed her, of course, and Frank and his wife cleared things up about what really happened. He managed to record Lucy admitting that she lied, which got most off my back, but there were still a few relatives who had it in their heads that there's no smoke without fire. And I must have done something to make her say what she did, but they're all distant relatives on her side, so who cares? Then the pandemic rolled around. Everyone forgot the petty squabbles Lucy and her lies caused. But last month, we held a family gathering at my parents, the first in years due to the pandemic. Lucy showed up. Thankfully, Damien was absent on account of serving a prison sentence for aggravated assault and battery. That's unrelated, by the way, to what he did to his mother. I went to ask Lucy how she was doing. The first words out of her mouth were, you need to pay me what you owe me. If you don't, I'm taking you to court. I need that money. It's the least you can do for ruining my life. She followed me around the party, demanding I pay her, telling everyone who would listen that I'd ruined her life. My, what a happy family reunion. All right, look, for a while there, guys, I honestly felt terrible for Lucy. It's not the best parenting method to give everything to your children, but some people are like that. Some parents are like that. They're not very strict. They kind of let things fly. And nobody ever deserves to be assaulted, especially not by their own child to such an extent that they go into hospital. But the more this story progressed and continued, the more I've got, I've got to say, I just don't really even have much sympathy anymore. You're the one that's brought this on yourself in the first place. But the fact that after this event happened, you're blaming other people and not your own child. At that point, it's just helpless. What are you doing? Like everyone's there on your side, ready to help you. But no, you make up BS lies about, you know, your own relatives and just make people hate you even more. At that point, it's your own fault. I'm sorry. A pair of entitled parents hold up the line at Starbucks so their entire 30 plus person family can order drinks before anybody else. Hey everyone, I think for the first time I can really say I have an entitled parent story. I've had I don't work here stories, but this is a genuine bona fide encounter with an entitled parent for the first time in a long time. First, context. I'm a 40 year old white disabled man. I use either a manual wheelchair or a store's courtesy mobility aids to move about a store. This takes place in a Starbucks inside a local chain of stores called Fred Mayer. They're part of Kroger, but maintain the Fred Mayer name. This occurred in Vancouver, Washington. Okay, so the story. About two weeks ago, I went in on a blisteringly hot day to get my frappe, then to get some much needed shopping done. If you enter the north side entrance of this Fred Mayer, 117th store in Vancouver, Washington, the Starbucks is right there. I move my cart around to get in line. 
Presently, two women I wager were Pan-Pacific Asian were at the head of the line. Behind them, an older white male somewhere in his 60s leaning against the cart with stuff in it. Man, that dude looked annoyed about something. Now, I hadn't been in line two minutes when the man cursed something under his breath and shook his head. I figured he's lost my gain, right? Oh, I'd be so wrong. I got behind the two Asian women and waited to be served. One of the attendants, someone I considered a very good friend behind the counter, moves over and discreetly whispers to me, dude, you're gonna be waiting a while. Brace yourself. I had no idea what they meant. I would soon enough. That's when a gaggle of about five young boys around nine to 13 years old came over. They led them to the ordering station and they ordered. Then they went to the presentation counter. I started to inch forward, but woman two holds her hand outstretched in the universal wait right there or stop right there gesture. Oh, we're not done. Wait, she said firmly. I was confused. A minute later, from that north side entrance, another 10 or so teenagers and young adults walk in. The women hold me back as one by one, every teen and young adult was shown to the ordering station, cutting ahead of me and more people that had gathered behind me. I could hear these people behind me reacting in ways as understandable as saying, oh, for frick's sake, to things that would probably get me banned, even if quoted in context i.e. racism. Just when I thought the horror was over and now realized why the old man had stormed off, a third gaggle of now full adults came in. The two women showed them to the front of the line. The people behind me were about to give these women a piece of their mind. My friend behind the counter said they'd been at this for nearly an hour. It wasn't just their family, but their entire church too. The entire church? I stage whispered to my friend. They sadly nodded and went back to work. At this point, I decided I'd be better off just taking my money, buying the ingredients and making my own frappes at home. So I tap out of the line, fearing someone was going to get violence. No epic conclusion, no fight, no witty banter, just me having to sulk and go home and make my own drinks. I mean, listen guys, don't get me wrong. This is obviously not the worst thing to ever happen on this subreddit, but it is pretty obnoxious, isn't it? I don't really get what the point of this was because it was also so easily avoided. Why not just order all the drinks? You pay for them yourself. Then it takes them a long time to make them. I get that and ordering a lot of drinks is annoying, but you're entitled to order loads of drinks at once. Then have everyone come and pick them up after you've ordered. The problem comes when you have an entire queue already behind you and you're holding them up and letting other people come in. Not just one or two people, but what, 20, 30 people? You can't do that, obviously. That's where it becomes too far. Other than that, not the worst thing, but very annoying if you're in that queue. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Stepmom doesn't give her work contact info to my school and they can't get a hold of her after I got hit by a truck after missing the school bus. I've watched a lot of Reddit stories on YouTube and there was a story that reminded me of something that happened to me when I was younger. I am legally blind from birth and when I was in high school in 1994-95, I used to ride a school bus even though I lived close enough to walk to school. One day, I woke up late just as the bus had honked and drove away. I didn't want to be late so I quickly got dressed and booked it to try and get to school. 
I got to an intersection where I crossed safely going eastbound, and then I almost got across the other street when the light was green. But as I approached the corner, a guy from Wyoming had been flying around that corner at a high rate of speed, and he hit my right side. As he did this, my body twisted and I faced him as the grill of his truck hit my front side, and I fell back and landed on my back, rolling to my left. The guy stopped and got out of his truck and asked me if I was okay, and he dragged me by my right shoulder up over the curb onto the sidewalk and waited until the emergency vehicles came screaming down the street, then he bolted. Unfortunately, they couldn't get the last two letters of the plate, so they couldn't find the guy. Luckily, someone in my neighborhood had passed by and saw it happen and stopped as well, but they were also unable to get the plate number but they were the ones who took me to school after the paramedics checked me out. I was afraid I was gonna be in trouble with my dad and stepmom because in the past, if they'd gotten any medical bills, they would always complain about how much they cost. I was very stiff, but I was trying to walk off the pain because I was always taught to walk off the pain when I got hurt as a kid. So I tried to hide any pain and act like I was okay. When I got to school, I went to my first class of the day and my drama teacher noticed that something was wrong. Because of what I told her, she had me wait right where I was and had the principal come to the drama room. She explained what happened and he and the school cop, after trying to contact my dad and stepmom at work and having no luck, drove back to my dad and stepmom's house. I went to bed and later, after they got home, my dad got a call from my grandpa. The thing I didn't know is that after I was dropped off at home, the school got a hold of my grandpa while he was in the hospital across the state because he got hurt after falling while helping my aunt work on her car on the ice. They let him know that I was hit and my grandpa informed my dad that I was hit. My dad came down to my room and proceeded to chew me out for getting hit while I didn't know his or my stepmom's work numbers. They took me to the local hospital and they checked me out and acted like it was no big deal and sent me on my way. Something that you need to know is that I hadn't lived with my dad and stepmom my entire life. I lived with my grandparents for quite a few years and only just a few years with my dad and stepmom. Ever since my dad and stepmom got married, my stepmom has always referred to me and my siblings as my dad's kids. The reason I learned later on why the school didn't have my stepmom's work number is because her work had a perfect attendance award. And if she'd have left work to help me that day, it would have interrupted that and she would not have received that award. I believe that no company should hold a perfect attendance award over someone else's head in the way they did if my stepmom's company did. She worked closer to home and to my school than where my dad did, and he got a public transit bus to work, so he couldn't come to me on a whim like my stepmom could have. By all means, my grandpa was fuming. He read my dad a new one and my stepmom for not providing her work info. The only number they ever gave my school was the home phone. Oh my God, that is just a terrible situation. I mean, if I was in an accident, I can guarantee you the first people that would be there, or at least the people that would be there as quickly as they humanly could would be my parents. And I'm 24. Like, come on, that's just a thing. I mean, it's, you don't even have to love your kids to do that. It's just like a, a biological thing that you would do. I mean, I don't know about you lot. Comment down below. Would your parents do the same? I assume the majority of them would. If you were in a serious accident, even if you don't even get on with them, they'd still come and see you as, as soon as they could, couldn't they? Now, I kind of get what you're saying, OP, about this participation award, perfect participation award, but there's nothing actually stopping your mum from leaving her work. Like, you can put the blame on the company for having something like this in place, but there's nothing to stop your mum from saying, oh, I don't want this award. I'm going to go and see my child has been hit by a truck. Like, that's her decision. Stepmum, sorry but still weird. Also the fact that she's saying that you're not her kids, that you're dad's kids. It's just not really a nice thing, is it? Like, I know technically they're not, but you're meant to be a family now and she's clearly not that into it. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah. 